Welcome to Mass Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. This is Colleen Kelly Mast, your hostess today and every week, offering you this free, friendly advice when you call this toll-free number. I'm a life coach. My background is in family life education. I'm from a large family, and we've probably had some of those same problems. So give us a call today at 877-573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK. And welcome to all of you who set your alarm and wake up regularly and uh, tune in. And all of you that are new people that are just tuning into the show for whatever reason, somebody told you about it, you heard about it, you saw that bumper sticker um, during the Ave Maria Radio Pledge Drive this week, or maybe it was posted in your parish bulletin to listen to Catholic Radio, or maybe your local Catholic Radio station does a lot of wonderful advertising and billboards, but whatever brought you here, know that God meant you to be here, and we are happy that you're here. Our call screener today and engineer is Melissa, so when you dial that toll-free number, she will answer the phone. Just tell her your first name and where you're calling from or what radio station you're listening to and tell her the topic of your question. She'll put it on the board and we'll take you when it's your turn. The number is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK for some free, friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. As I said, I'm a certified life coach. I'm an author, a speaker, a mother of five adult children. I've been married for way over 40 years now. I have a master's degree in health education and teaching certificates in health science, physical education, and theology. And I've written books on family life education for families with young children, my Love Ed video discussion series, families with teens, uh, the Love and Life, a Christian sexual morality guide, and uh, the uh, for public school or secular thinking people, sex respect, the option of true sexual freedom. So give us a call if you need some help or um, you need to make a decision and you're torn between a couple things. Maybe you need to bridge a relationship that is broken. Maybe you're struggling during the holiday time when you saw these people at Thanksgiving. You're going to see a different set of people at Christmas. And now you're trying to figure out, how do I build a bridge in this relationship? Because so many families have so much division. We know that when Our Lady of Fatima told the children that the um, the last battle would be for marriage and the family. We are seeing this in marriages all over, in families all over, that if if we just have this little teeny opening, the devil jumps in. And so we need to guard our hearts and stay in the state of grace and protect ourselves and our family from the confusion and evil that's going on in the world. If you need some help with that... Give me a call with your question or personal problem. This is Colleen Kelly Mast. You're listening to Catholic Radio. This show is called Mast Appeal. And your calls drive the show. You decide what the topics are today. I can tell you what we talked about last week and what I can talk about today in our opening, but the rest is for you. So give us a call. Your calls drive the show at 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. All right, last week we did talk about gifts, and we had people call in, and we had a wonderful review of a variety of gifts that 
um, increase your connection, increase your connection to God and the truth. We had someone call in um, for that makes rosaries. Um, Beverly called in with the scripture pillowcases. Uh, Matt Sazen called in with the book called The Tyranny of Kindness. That's a futuristic science fiction pro-life book for young adults or uh, adults of any age that like science fiction. But it kind of, it it, it's, it will bring you to that pro-life message. Susan Berry called in with her. Mistletoe Mouse and Molly Dolly books that are available on Amazon. And the gals who wrote the Holy Chow cookbooks, holychowbooks.com, that has training on hospitality as well as recipes and meditations, all in the same books. Um, we got a call from cordacandles.com. We talked about the, what's available in the EWTN bookstore to share the faith. <coughs> I mentioned uh, my Love Ed books at respectforyou.com, respect the number four, the letter U.com. Uh, the 12 Rules for Manliness, we mentioned. I bought that for all my sons and son-in-laws from Bear Wozniak. Um, and, and for someone who is um, sick or somebody who is in despairing or lacks hope, we talked about What is Heaven, a book by Mother Angelica, and books for little kids from Ignatius Press, and a uh, book Listening for God, about little little kids, uh, helping them become silent and learn how to pray. And also, Bev called in about the Medicinal Plants book by a Benedictine mystic, Luz de Maria, in Italy, that gives you know seeds and oils and herbs and, and different uh, plants, all sorts of things. But today, I want to talk about, as we open, a gift list anyone can afford. And almost every year, at one of these Advent uh, shows, I will... Um, Go through this list. It helps you think of giving of ourselves because that's what love really is. And that's what Jesus did on Christmas. He gave us himself. God gave us his son. Jesus gave us himself. And when we give of ourselves, that gift is memorable and that Christmas gift is meaningful. So I've had this list for probably the whole 24 years I've been on Catholic radio um, that are for, from a person with a large heart but a small purse. And I know that when I was growing up and we gave a gift to each one of our eight siblings, or if they're, until the rest of them came, however many siblings we had, and we did not get money. I mean, we, we didn't get an allowance or anything with nine children in our family. And we would save up, you know, babysitting money or gift money. And we would buy very inexpensive gifts. For example, one of my sisters uh, said her favorite gift was the year I, I embroidered her initials on her school knee socks. And it was like it cost me 99 cents maybe for the knee socks, but embroidering her initials on it made those special. So here's our 10. First of all, the gift of listening. Psychologists tell us that one of the greatest things we can do for another person is to listen to them. So why not give that gift to people on your list who live alone and they have no one else to talk to? Or maybe your own spouse. You never really sit down and listen to them. You're always just talking and passing and talking about logistics. So how can you really listen with no interrupting, no daydreaming, no walking away, <laughs> no planning your response while they are talking, and you just listen? And for any of these 10 gifts that anyone can afford, you could make a certificate or you could give them three certificates of it. I will listen to you for 10 minutes without interrupting. I will listen to you for 30 minutes of everything you want to say when you come home from work 
every Monday night. Or You know, you can personalize even that gift of listening. Think of someone who needs to be listened to. Uh, if it, there's a teenager in your house, nobody ever listens to me. Give them a certificate for the gift of listening. And then take that time to listen to them without interrupting or telling them what to do. You know, you can respond or react later, but, um, but just listen. So the gift of listening is number one. The second gift anyone can afford is the gift of signs of affection. So take that time to give your loved ones a sign of affection. Be generous with your hugs, your kisses, that gentle squeezing of the hand, a gentle pat on the back. All these actions demonstrate this love that you say you feel. Oh, yeah, of course I love her. And it reminds me of uh, the fiddle around the roof with that song like do you love me and you know yeah 25 years yeah i guess i love you i suppose i do you know and so express your love if you're not as affectionate as you should be be generous with your hugs or kisses and again if you have a child in the family or a teenager in the family they need affection um they say that we need 11 hugs a day how many are getting that Okay, if you're giving hugs, you also are going to receive one, too. So get a a book of certificates for a hug. Whenever you need a hug, call me, and I'll be there. (laughs) Okay, so that would be a good certificate to give to a loved one, especially somebody that was in your family. Okay, the third gift of the gift list anyone can afford is the gift of a note. Write a note to your loved one. Like, it can be as simple as, I love you. And sometimes for Valentine's Day, I write a poem to them that's very short but says, I love you. They can be as simple as an, I love you, or as, if you're really talented, write a sonnet. So put your notes where there'll be a surprise to the people that you love. Like, you can put them, you know, in their lunches or in their purse or, you know, in the sock drawer, <laughs> by the toothbrush, on the pantry shelf. And write a love note, but for Christmas, you know, it's it's uh, it would be nice to write a love note of affirmation. You know, what you appreciate about that person, just to help them feel valuable and cared for, and and that their presence in your life is cherished. So think about that. Write a note to a person for Christmas, and if you have if you're far away from someone, instead of shipping presents which everybody's trying to do at the last minute and the post office is overloaded and UPS and FedEx are overloaded. What if you sent them just a beautiful note and tell them how much you love them and cared for them and what you appreciated about them? I bet if you gave that to a relative that was living in your house or someone that lived far away, they would treasure that more than that those earbuds or that headset or that box of candy, wouldn't they? Okay, the gift list anyone can afford. Number four, the gift of laughter, because everyone loves to laugh. So give those you love this gift of laughter. Whether you can cut out a cartoon or if you're a real humorous, write a draw cartoon. You could clip out a joke. Uh, you could copy a riddle. Uh, maybe save a clever article and bring this, paste them on a, or glue them onto a uh, page and send them that. And you could just say, oh, I love to laugh with you. You know, just think of how much we need laughter and joy. So the gift of laughter and jokes, that's a free gift that anyone can afford. And number five out of our ten is 
the gift of a game. If you could give someone that you love a certificate that says, I will play a game with you, you know, anytime, or if and you know what their favorite game is, you could even offer this specific game, whether it's golf or tennis or chess or checkers or uh, Monopoly, but um, most people have at least one game they like to play. And so offer to play your loved one's favorite game with him or her. And even if you lose the game, you will be a winner because together you shared that experience. So those are the first five ideas I have. But for now, and we'll weave those between our calls today, but for now, it's time for our problem solving of the day. Oh, is there someone you need to forgive? Do you need to work on a specific virtue yourself? What do you need to help you with your life? Give me a call with your question or personal problem. This is Colleen Kelly Mast on Mast Appeal. The number to get on today's show is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. And we'll be back with your calls in just a moment. The Heart of the Interior Life with Elizabeth Jingle. The third description of spiritual consolation in the third rule for the discernment of spirits speaks of, as Father Timothy Gallagher writes, the blessed tears of spiritual consolation. St. Ignatius of Loyola teaches, Likewise, when it sheds tears that move to love of its Lord, whether out of love of its Lord, whether out of sorrow for one's sins, or for the passion of Christ our Lord, or because of other things directly ordered to his service and praise. God gives the gift of blessed tears that come forth from the heart of a person who is experiencing his love. These tears speak a gentle response to the gaze of eternal love. Father Gallagher writes, As in every spiritual consolation, the focus remains the conscious sense of the love of God. These tears express the heart's movement toward God in love. May our hearts welcome the gift of tears that declare, I am loved. For more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. What does the Catholic Catechism call the Church? It calls the Church the people of God and teaches that God willed to save man as a people with links to one another. For this reason, he chose the Israelites to be his people and made a covenant with them and instructed them. All this, however, was a prelude, a preparation for the new covenant with a people who were both Jew and Gentile, bonded, not by the flesh, but by the Spirit. The covenant is sealed in the blood of Christ, who is the head of the people of God. The Spirit that anointed him flows from him to the body, the people. One becomes a member of the people of God through faith in Jesus Christ and baptism. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. You're listening to Ave Maria Radio. Ave Maria Radio. Good morning. Welcome to Mast Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. The number to get on today's show with your question or personal problem as you're trying to live out your faith. Even if you need a second opinion, I can uh, help you with that. The number is 877-573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK. received an email question recently that said, Dear Colleen, what are some natural remedies for depression? 
Uh, he said, I'm not really mentally ill or anything, but just kind of sad and morose. So my wife tells me I might be depressed. You often have natural health ideas on your show. What can I do to cheer up without faking it, he says. And he signed, not bad. <laughs> okay. Well, um, well, you know, it's not bad to fake it either. That's, um, I tell my life coaching clients that you can act yourself into feeling better, but you cannot feel yourself into acting better. And so if you act how you're supposed to act, your mind will actually follow. So do what you need, you know you need to do. And so get up, like I, I watched the, I saw the Carol King musical last night called Beautiful, and she concluded with that song, Beautiful. You got to get up every morning with a smile on your face and show the world all the love in your heart, and people are going to treat you better. You'll find, yes, you will, that you're beautiful as you feel. So, and then on, when I was looking it up on YouTube this morning, I saw that a lot of people had put that, uh, made comments under that question. And some of them said, you know, after their, their, one dad said after his wife left him and he had the four little kids at home, he used to play this song every Saturday morning for the kids and get up and make him breakfast. So that song, Beautiful by Carol King, can kind of lift you up. But I do have a list um, um, for you that are remedies for natural natural remedies for depression that can help you if you're not you know chronically depressed uh, chemically depressed you're not mentally ill but you just have this sadness and a lot of people get that during the winter the uh, the what do they call it? seasonal affective disorder and so that but sadness is common because there are a lot of chemical things going on in our world and we eat a lot of junk that makes us depressed so and you know the whole the pollution and our expectations of life you know everything can be an excuse or a reason for but according to a recent national survey of drug use and health a major depressive episode is something that about 17 million adults experienced last year. That was in 2022, last year. So if you experience this huge sadness or major depression, you know, know that there is help out there for you. There are places that can help you treat that. You know, there are some natural medications. There are regular, uh, you know, doctors that you can see. But if you're looking for some alternative treatments, which is what the, the person who emailed me asked i did find a list and i know i've done several lists of that over the 24 years i've been here on catholic radio but i found a, a good list of 10 and this one the first one is exercise and we know that no matter what the cause of depression is whether it is grief or uh, you know losing a job or a chemical depression coming down from alcohol or something like that we know that exercise is a great mood booster so, and better than that, you can do it anywhere. You don't have to belong to a gym to exercise. And one of the best parts of working out to improve the symptoms of depression is that you can do whatever kind of activity you enjoy. If you want to dance, turn on music in your living room. If you want to walk, walk around the block or walk around your uh, <laughs> the circle of your kitchen if you can. Um, or go get a gym membership if you need to get out. Or go for a bike ride if you live down there with everybody in Texas and Georgia and California, all those warm places where you, in Louisiana where you can bike ride all year round. Um, but the research shows that stimulating your heart rate offers both physical and mental health benefits. So if you could shoot for 30 minutes a day of moderate exercise, 
you would see the best results. And studies have been done on this of people who come to psychologists or psychiatrists for depression and find that the the regular 30 minutes of aerobics a day, that is getting your heart raised a little bit, uh, you know, not that you're out of breath, but you just might, you know, be a little bit short talking. Um, and make sure you check with your doctor before you do that. And, you know, if you have a, a serious uh, heart problem or lung problem or um, even a limb problem, uh, make sure you check with your doctor about 30 minutes of walking. But 30 minutes of moderate exercise has been proven to reduce depression, no matter what kind of depression you had. And the psychological studies are even showing that as well. So then the second one is light therapy. Um, light therapy for depression is a, a new alternative treatment for moderate depression, especially for people with that seasonal affective disorder. So you can buy lights um, that can increase the production of the serotonin in your brain. So because the, there's a, the chemical in your brain is associated with mood regulation. So if you can't get outside, if you're living up north or northwest or northeast where it's cloudy and gray, a lot of times during the winter, you might not getting, be getting the natural vitamin D you want. So there, are, you can buy a light box or a visor or uh, infrared lights or ultraviolet light. There are lights you can buy that can be a reading lamp that fill you with the light that you're missing when it's dark in the winter. So if you did that for about a half an hour a day, it could potentially alleviate symptoms of depression by replicating that sunshine and soaking up the vitamin D. Which reminds me, this is not one of the ones on the, the top ten list, but if you do live near the sun or you can get near the sun, <laughs> go ahead and get the real sun. <laughs> you don't need to buy an artificial light. If you live in, in Florida or if you live in uh, Alabama or Texas or California or New Mexico or Arizona, there are, you can just go out and see the sun. So go out and see the sun and that will help you as well. So of the natural remedies for depression, the, the third one is sometimes when somebody's depressed, they don't want to hear this, but a healthy diet is associated with your moods. You know, if you are what you eat, consuming large amounts of, you know what, sugar, processed foods, other unhealthy options, uh, heavily fried foods, what... what uh, uh, all natural people would call dead foods, you know, that can add to any symptoms you might have of depression. So whether you're depressed at work or at home, you know, it isn't that hard to alter your diet to improve your mood. And sometimes it's something simple, like eat just as much dead food as live food. So if you're having meat, you know, have a salad with it or have, you know, a piece of fruit with your if you're, um, you know, having fish or something like that. So one would be reduce your sugar intake. That actually helps depression. Can you believe it? <laughs> you might be struggling with your free will <laughs> to want the sugar or sugar cravings in a way. But, uh, but certainly um, that healthy diet and reducing sugar has been linked to reducing depression. That sugar has been linked to depression in a lot of studies. So eating fewer sweets can steady your blood sugar and improve your mood. So if you're finding you're cranky certain times of the day, look at what you're eating or not eating and how it's messing up your blood sugars and have the doctor check your blood sugars as well. Okay, getting enough vitamin D also helps. That's part of a healthy diet. There's a clear link in the research between vitamin B deficiency and depression. So vitamin B is important in producing dopamine, serotonin. You can get all the B vitamins through natural sources, cheese, milk, 
dark, leafy, green vegetables. I know my husband and I take a, a sublingual B-complex or B12 that is easy and cheap. You can get that from the drugstore. It's not really expensive. And that can help with depression as well. And uh, another natural remedy is that's part of the healthy diet, so we're still on number three, the healthy diet to reduce depression, is increase your magnesium. People don't realize that the importance of all the minerals and electrolytes to our body, to flushing out toxin, to the, 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 the synapses of the different um, brain cells that we, in, in every cell, we need mineral balance in order for our cells to exchange fluids. So like vitamin B, magnesium is necessary to produce serotonin. And most people don't get enough magnesium, but it's not hard to find. You know, you're through a supplement or through whole grains, through beans, legumes, nuts have a lot of magnesium in it. Now, I know nuts were bad guys for a long time, but nuts are in again. Um, remember when eggs were out and um, and we were people were having fake eggs and then they poo-pooed butter for a while and you could only have margarine. Now they're saying, oh no, margarine will kill you. So, So anyway, nuts are back in style. And another thing to avoid depression, and I have to say this this month as you approach Advent and Christmas, avoid or limit your intake of alcohol. I know a lot of people use alcohol as a way to decompress or relax, but it's actually proven to increase anxiety and depression. When you come down from it, you're much more depressed. So those are the first three ideas of 10 natural remedies for depression to respond to our email. And... uh, get to the other ones later but we'd like to hear from you give us a call with your question or personal problem the number to get on today's mass appeal is 877-573-7825 pep talk i'm dr greg popchak i'm lisa popchak for more to life would you like to have a more faithful loving and joyful family life by Christmas? Then join us Monday, December 4th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central, for our free webinar, A More Peaceful Family by Christmas, The Catholic Parents' Guide to Advent. Each Advent, God calls us to make a little more room for Christ in our hearts and in our homes. In this free webinar, we'll show you how the grace of the Advent season can help you celebrate the more loving, connected, and caring family life God wants for you. So join us free Monday, December 4th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central, for this free webinar. Just register at catholichom.com webinar. That's catholichom.com slash webinar to join us for a more peaceful family by Christmas, the Catholic Parents' Guide to Advent. We'll see you there. How can you really tame the tongue? Every time I read or am reminded of the scripture verse about being aware of being a teacher, because as teachers of the faith will be judged more harshly, I take a long pause and deep thought. That is the moment to really tame the tongue. We have to first know truth before we speak it. When we evangelize the faith, we have to know the faith regardless of the talents we're using to bring others to Christ. We can't bring others to someone we don't know ourselves. When I'm speaking on the radio or writing about Jesus, I speak to him first. I read scripture on most days. I focus the center of my life on Christ. I don't want my words to cause others to go astray. I will be held accountable for everything I say and don't say. We have to tame the tongue and communicate control over our messages. And if we want to truly tame that tongue, focus on what Jesus would say. Know what to speak of before you speak. This has been a christ Center communication message. I'm Vanessa Denhagarmo, a communications evangelist and host of Epiphany.
Welcome to Mass Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. The number to get on today's show with your question or personal problem is 877-573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK. And I'll go to our phones here, Perry from Wyoming, listen to Listening to Real Present Radio. Welcome to the show. Perry, you're on the air now. What is your question? Well, I have a question. My ex-wife, my second ex-wife, with my kids, uh, her father's dying, and she just won't let him go. And I don't know how to explain to her that he's a lot better off going where he's going. Mm-hmm. He's a very devout, craft, you know, Catholic Okay. And she just don't understand. Okay, is oh, she? How do you get her to understand? Yeah, is she hanging on due to regrets, or what reason is she hanging on uh, to keeping him from uh, passing? He says, "Well, that's her her, her last uh, her last family, mm-hmm. you know, except for her brother and sister, and they're not even around." So, mm. okay, it's out of love then that she wants she she just can't imagine living without her dad okay and do you have any influence on her being an ex-wife would she listen to you if you said anything to her is she close-minded well, about yeah that? we've been talking yeah okay. that's how come i've been talking okay. i'm talking to you because i need some answers okay <laughs> all right i didn't know if she'd listen to you anyway if you just have to pray um and okay so she if she listens to you here's a very simple way that i would explain to people when i was uh, for about Four or five years, I was a hospital chaplain part-time. I covered for the deacons when they were out doing funerals or on Sundays when they had masses. So I had many opportunities to help people with that. And and if someone was, they kept trying to die, and they they would resuscitate them, and the person would try to die, and they'd resuscitate them, and and the the family didn't understand why they might need to be a DNR, they would say, would would come, you know, call the chaplain up and talk to them. And so here's a very simple way I would explain it and see if this is something you think would help her, to say, uh, in our Catholic teaching, we are very pro-life we want people to to only die when god wants them to die and unfortunately due to original sin god didn't desire death in the first place so all of this sickness and death is due to original sin and jesus christ redeemed that but we have to face the reality that we will all die sometime and then there's the physical reality that your body just has worn out. It's, it's acquired a chronic disease or a, um, even acute disease. And sometimes the body is finished. And because of modern technology right now, we can prolong life beyond when the body's trying to die with medicines. So what we see in our, our simple sentence is, if a person is trying to die, and, and doctors know that the signs of that their systems are shutting down they're sleeping maybe more and more they can't digest any food if their body's trying to die we let them die so we don't get in their way by resuscitating them over and over every three hours and then they come back and they're trying to go and we bring them back Um, but if someone's trying to live as Catholics we cannot give them anything it would be wrong for us to give them anything that would make them die 
you know, so that would be, you know, a serious mortal sin, euthanasia, that we call it, that somebody would give somebody something to make them die. That's absolutely wrong. So in between there is if somebody's trying to die, we don't get in their way of dying. If somebody's trying to live, we do what we can to prolong their life. And then we don't have to do anything extraordinary that will not be will not benefit the patient more than than their their natural flow of things for example when my dad was sick and he couldn't digest food anymore he was dying and we it anytime we would give him food he would get sicker because it would just sit in his gut you know, the last week. And so when the nurse explained that to me, she said, you know, like, he, he can't digest food, so don't try to feed him. We would just give him drinks, you know, with a, even with a syringe or something, however he could swallow it. So we would, you know, certainly not never let him, um, you know, die of starvation or uh, dehydration or anything like that. But we weren't going to give him food or put a feeding tube in or something like that that would make it worse. Now, Pope John Paul II chose to have a feeding tube. That is an extraordinary means, but it's not required. And if something like uh, the if the going to kidney dialysis three times a week to prolong your life for three months would be the I know a man whose the kidney dialysis thing was an hour and a half away, and he was going to have to spend three days a week at people to drive him there to prolong his life for a few more months. He talked to a priest, a very good holy priest, that said it's not required. So there are not, extraordinary things are not required. So I think the underlying problem, Perry, with your ex-wife is is the love, the the inability to let go, uh, maybe a lack of faith that he is he's, he's going to be with, we hope, with God. So more important than hanging on to him would be praying for him or having masses said for him or bringing a priest to give him the, uh, the, the sacrament of the sick. And if God wants to heal him physically through the sacrament of the sick, God can do that. And if God wants to heal his soul and relax him so he can pass to eternal life, God can do that too. So one would be talk to the, first of all, pray, yes, of course, and then pray for her heart, that whatever wounds in her heart might be keeping her from her ability to let go, that she can't let that get in the way of if her dad is trying to die. And then talk to the, pe- the medical people, whether she's on hospice or at a hospital or there's a nurse or a doctor that's seeing her. Talk to that person about what are her realities. Is her body fighting for life or is her body ready to to pass and it's trying to shut down all these things? And so maybe if she listened to the the doctor's explanation first and then you talk a little bit about heaven and and about the sacraments and about forgiveness and then talk to her about maybe the love that she needs that her dad's memory will never be taken away her dad's pictures will never be taken away but if he's if he if he's finished with his life and his body says i'm done that it wouldn't be right for her to to force him to stay here if the medical community is saying that he's trying to die and his body is trying to do that on his own so if she could just understand that Death is a reality that we hate to accept. We don't like death. It's, it's, it just is a result of original sin. But Jesus redeemed all things so that we accept that redemption. We can be with him with joy for all eternity and be out of pain. And as long as we are not doing anything to, uh, to, exist, to, to make him die, um, then we can let him die naturally. So I hope that helps you, Perry. 
Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. God bless you, and we'll pray that that the the Lord takes, or the the angels come and get your ex-wife's dad at the exactly right time for him. And the sacraments are really important. Um, If somebody's been away from the church, they might just need that that peace of reconciliation with God before even their body or their mind and their whole subconscious is ready to go. So, So do call a priest and make sure, even if he's been away from the church, that he receives that last sacrament. Thanks for the call. Give us a call too, 877-5-PEP-TALK. This is Colleen Kelly-Mast on Mast Appeal. Welcome to Mass Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. The number to get on today's show with your question or personal problem is 877-573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK. Be watchful and alert. Tomorrow's gospel say you do not know when the time will come. Here we are starting Advent. Get your candles out. Get your wreaths out. Be ready for Advent to prepare yourself for the coming of Christ. In tomorrow's gospel, watch therefore you do not know when the Lord of the house is coming. Whether in the evening or at midnight, may he not come suddenly and find you sleeping. Watch. Now, hopefully... God does not come and find you spiritually lazy, spiritually indifferent or slothful in your love or, God forbid, in the state of mortal sin or lukewarmness. So this is our big reminder every year, be ready, get to confession, increase your prayer life, don't be spiritually lazy or lukewarm. Don't just show up at Mass and uh, daydream all the time and go. Appreciate every moment of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Uh, take Partake in the participation. Partake in the sacrament of uh, confession. And, uh, and be ready. Watch. You don't know when the time will come. So that's the theme of the weekend. So let's carry that through our lives these next almost four weeks. We have a short Advent this year because... Christmas is early in the week. We have to go to Mass on Sunday, the fourth Sunday of Advent, and Christmas Eve the same time, or go fourth Sunday of Advent and Christmas Day. It's one of those years. And give us a call, too, with your question or personal problem. The number to get on today's show is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. Barbara from North Carolina, where it's a little bit warmer and not snowing. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Barbara. How can I help you today? Well, blessings, Colleen, on the eve of our Advent season. This is Barbara from the Diocese of Charlotte. Uh, Months ago, you talked about a supplement that you had come across, that you were encouraging people that had uh, lots of inflammation. Mm -hmm. And my daughter, uh, she suffers tremendously with uh, endometriosis, and inflammation is such a cause for her pain 
So could you help me on that, please? Oh, sure. It's actually not a supplement. It's a new mode of treatment or healing that is phototherapy. So it's photobiomodulation. Um, this brilliant guy, David Schmidt, um, was able to find the uh, through physics, like it's a, a scientific way in these small patches that look like a Band-Aid called LifeWave Phototherapy X39 patch. And, the, um, and the, there's a signal in the patch that signals the GHK copper peptide in your body, which is a trendy thing now. There's a lot of research done on copper peptides. And it signals those copper peptides to stimulate your own stem cells to tell your body to heal because God already programmed our stem cells to heal us but our stem cells from the time we're born we have less and less and less you know they don't they're not active as they were when they were growing us in the womb but stem cells can go and heal anything so this is a little a patch a phototherapy patch that you put on your body and this the one I was speaking the two I was probably speaking about if we were talking about inflammation the um, the, the stem cell stimulating patch is called x39 and the the inflammation reducing one is another little signaling patch that's called eon aeon or aeon and that reduces inflammation again with a phototherapy signal so these are not transdermal patches they do not put anything into your body they just stick on your body like a band-aid or if you don't like this something sticking on you put it on your clothes instead and the signal uses your own power source, the light in your body. You know, infrared light, how they could see us with those red cameras in the dark if we were, if a burglar was coming out, you know, security cameras can see the red. So there is light in you all the time. So you can put um, the patch on it, the like the Eon, the anti-inflammatory patch on at night and the X39 during the day or put them both on during the day. And it just reflects back a light signal into your body from the light that's already in your body and stimulates your GHK copper peptide, tells your, signals your stem cells to go work. And so this would be better than, I mean, I know there are a lot of natural remedies for endometriosis and there's herbs and enzymes and and, uh, and wonderful things. There's even whole books on that. But what if you could ask the body to heal itself through a phototherapy patch? That's that's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Uh-huh. So you can um, email my husband or, or leave your name with the call screen or name and number. He can call you. Um, he, his, he has gotten great results from that since he's better than he was before he had his stroke in April right now. And uh, you can contact him at kentmast at yahoo.com. Kentmast at yahoo.com. Kent, Kent, K-E-N-T, at yahoo.com, or leave your phone number with the call screener, or just go first look on it. I mean, go to lifewave.com, lifewave.com forward slash Kent Mast, lifewave.com forward slash Kent Mast, and read about it. And there's a lot of other places you can read about it as well. Um, there's a website called liveyoungerproducts.com uh, that's put on by distributors, not the company itself. But you can learn plenty at uh, lifewave.com forward slash Kent Mast, or he can send you information himself. If you don't want to hunt it down, go to uh, email kentmast at yahoo.com, or as I said, leave your phone number with the call screener. We find these to be fascinating because actually I'm tired of taking all those pills and drinks and everything, and right. a patch Thanks. is way easier because I love how it works with the natural healing process of your right. body that That's God already put in you. And yeah. when, a, when I talked about death and disease with the last caller, Perry, being a result 
of original sin, your daughter's endometriosis and inflammation is also due to, because things aren't perfect anymore, due to original sin. And so if we can utilize, and sometimes it is herbs and flowers and smells like the Garden of Eden to use those things to heal, and sometimes some genius comes up with something that's very natural, which I think everybody's looking for these days. We're all kind of tired of drugs and surgeries um, that would that not just treat it which is funny like you could treat it you can treat the pain yeah she probably when she has pain she needs a hot water bottle you know she might even use you know anti-inflammatory you know medicines which we know aren't good for us anyway she might use oh, you know she wants turmeric or, yeah yeah so the x39 uh, patch and the eon patch um, through lifewave.com forward slash kent mast or um, email him at kentmast.com at yahoo.com and learn about it and see if it's something for you and it'd be fascinating to see what it does for her. Now the the yes. company always tells us that you should be on it, you know, try it for a month for every decade you've been alive. So how old is she? Like 30 or 40 or she's 40. Yeah. 40. Yeah. Okay. So tell her to try it like at least 4 months. You know, okay. and then if you got something worse, you know, try it because I'm noticing results a lot now in my sixth month. Uh, results I never anticipated. My digestive system, my skin, my nails are growing faster, my hair is growing faster, um, oh, and healthier. Even my hairdresser said something, and those weren't things I was looking for. You know, so but so tell her to give it time because stem cells are not an overnight fix like a medicine or a drug or a surgery. They're they you know they work in God's time, and so tell her to give it you know at least four months to try it. So I. I hope that helps her. That'd be great to hear that she's uh, healthier now due to her own uh, health system. You know, these signal, these phototherapy patches signaling her own GHK copper peptide to get her own stem cell stimulated. That would be so cool. I'd love to hear the result of that. Okay. Yes, we'll do that. So it's patch X39. It's a patch. And then the Eon, was that E-I-O-N? A-E-O-N. A-E-O-N. Mm-hmm. So you can look it up, lifewave.com forward slash Kent Mast, and you can um, see what phototherapy is. You can look at, go through shopping in the store and see where those two patches are, or you can just call him and he can help you order. Okay? Right, and 10th is T-E-N-T-H, just like the the spelling of 10th. Nope, Kent, like the um, the old cigarettes or things like that. K-E-N-T, K, like in Kelly, K-E-N-T. M A S T. Yeah, sorry if that didn't come okay, over. Kent, okay, I'm sorry, honey. I think oh, that's fine. I'm thinking it's the number tenth. Okay, so it's no K E N T is his name. Kent Mast at yahoo.com. Okay, or just email me. I can forward it to him. I mean, if that's much of a problem, go through my website, respectforyou.com, and I can forward it to him. So you don't have to remember anything new. Just go to uh, or um, email me through the radio station, mastappeal at avemariaradio.net. Go to my website, respectforyou.com, and that's, that's something you're more familiar with. I can forward it to him easily, or leave your phone number with the call screener, and he will uh, he'll call you back. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. All right, that's- you're welcome. Thank you, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, we were talking about natural remedies for depression. We were talking about Christmas gifts anyone can afford, and we're here to solve your problems today. So give us a call uh, with your question or personal problem, like we did with uh, Barry and Barbara. The number to get on today's show is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK, and we'll be back with your calls in just a moment. 
Today's programming on 990 WDEO is brought to you in part by Give From Our Day Sponsor, honoring the faithful life of Verna Hornacek on the third anniversary of her going home to the Lord. Verna, at 91 years of age, came into the Catholic Church on Pentecost 2020, and then the Lord took her home on December 2nd, 2020. Thank you, Grandma Verna, for showing us how to love and how to live a faithful, prayerful life in service of others. We are praying for you, and we know you're praying for us. Food for the Journey, Sister Ann Shield. You know, we would avoid a lot of difficult arguments, just spouting off at the mouth, as we sometimes say. Just ask the Lord, give me the words to say. Maybe I'm rightfully angry, but if I just shout and yell and scream, what good is that going to be? Brothers and sisters, God can give us much more control over our anger, over our fear, over our language. And so whenever you're in a tight spot, just stop for a moment and say, Lord, what would you have me do here? God is good. I don't mean he's going to say words that will come down from heaven. But if you pause just for a moment, you'll get hold of yourself and you may well get a thought that you didn't have before. And sometimes it's just quiet, but it's enough to bring down the steam. And then you think what is really right to say here. You might be justifiably angry. How do we respect the other person while we're correcting them? Please, brothers and sisters, let us open our hearts to God in those moments. Sister Ann Shields gives you food for the journey. Weekday mornings at 645 and again at 1130 on 990 Ave Maria Radio. Mass Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. The number to get on today's show with your question or personal problem for the next hour is 877-573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK. Our next caller is Rita from New York. Welcome to the show, Rita. How can I help you today? Uh, first of all, I'm so thankful for you having the show. I've learned so much from you. Thank, Thank you. you. God bless you. Thank you. So, so my question is, as a, as a physician, mm-hmm. I have been doing this for over 20 years. And within the last 10 years, I've doing disability. And I see a lot of people with profound depression and mourning. And when I go and talk about it, it never fails when they lost, lost uh, family members. And I... They let them talk. They tell me that they have decided to incinerate and they have the ashes at home. Mm-hmm. It never failed me that they have never passed stage one of mourning. Yeah. And I've seen people at 25 years, 8 years, 7 years, 2 yes. years. And I have a feeling that that's why they are. I even see people on TV that they're mourning <laughs> as a Mexican woman actress. 
She said, I lost my twins, boys, and my husband always wanted to have a boy, and I have four girls and never had a boy. And I'm like, uh-oh, there she go. And then she goes and says, yes, I got his eyes today. I said, in my living room four years ago. Yeah, it's so yeah. Bold. But what could I say to them? Is there something in the Bible? Because now even my priest is saying that it's okay to incinerate. And... and uh, but I do see, I'm convinced that they having has the mourning and healing acceptance because they still have their answers. Yes, So how exactly. can I help them? Okay, all right. There a couple things. Why people sometimes cannot get over their grief, what I've seen, um, sometimes it's regrets that they wish they, they, they didn't live as they thought they would have lived or treat that person as they wish they would have treated. So sometimes it's their own regrets. Sometimes it's their own wounds, and they're trying to uh, fest, make, make this w spiritual wound or emotional wound fester more. A lot of times I think it's a lack of faith, Rita, that they don't, they, they don't realize that God created us with an eternal soul and they just are materialistic or just realize thinking that all we have here is our mortal body so they're somewhat attached to earthly things and earthly experiences and so they want to hang on to that and then that the, what you mentioned about the cremation I think that Catholics have generally ignorance of the importance of burying the ashes or of burying the whole body. And in canon law, yes, if there was something in the Bible, I know that in the canon law teachings of the church, it tells us that the ashes, you know, that that the church does not prefer cremation. I mean, if it's necessary in certain places where there cannot be a burial, the church prefers that we keep the body intact and bury it with dignity and a proper funeral. And I knew a funeral director that became Catholic because he saw that Catholics know how to bury people. So because people do not understand the faith and life and death as much, they and they're trying to do their own thing, like, oh, I'll you know, enshrine these ashes on the dresser or something like that. Um, they are, they're not accepting of the fact that we are, have a, a mortal body that's going to pass, and we have a soul that's going to last forever. And I think we need to educate people, and you as a physician have an opportunity to do that, to, to help them realize that the particularly Catholics and any Christians and, and people of any religion in respect for the body to bury it intact and know that if we're going to rise again with Jesus someday we do want it intact although cremation is not going to stop someone from rising you know at the end but to understand that we that this person is passing on and this is what life is all about it's it's about living the best life you can while you're here passing on to eternal life and then sometimes they want something to do so if you tell them what they can do like have masses said you know first of all have a, a catholic funeral bury the ashes and then have masses said for the person so we can secure with our prayers and sacrifices and indulgences their eternal life with god so sometimes if you give them something to do next tell them their steps you know it's the the funeral the beautiful uh, funeral mass the burial are all part of that process of accepting our grief and then to pray for that person's soul and that's where you find our teachers uh, teachings on purgatory as well so i hope that helps you thanks for the call 990 wdeo ypsilanti detroit w300 co dexter an ave maria radio station and on the net at avemariaradio.net
to Mass Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. The number to get on today's show with your question or personal problem is 877-573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK. We've got Coral on the phone from Texas, so instead of giving some more ideas for that Christmas gift list anyone can afford or some more of our natural remedies for depression, I think we'll go right to our phones. But for now, welcome to our second hour of Mast Appeal. This is Colleen Kelly Mass offering you free, friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. You can learn more about my work at my website, Respect the number four, the letter U, respectforyou.com. And so we're going to talk, chat with Coral here from Texas. Welcome to the show, Coral. You're on the air now. Good morning. Uh, thank you. Uh, first of all, I do want to uh, thank you for being out here, uh, out there, out in the air for all of us because we are growing and learning and healing very much. So well, thank, thank you. You are a blessing. Thank you so much, thank Carl. Yes. Uh, my question is, um, earlier you mentioned something about you working at a, at, a, at the hospital mm-hmm. and, and taking care of the families and, and the people that were dying. Mm-hmm. And I do have, and there was a call on letting go of the dad. Yeah. I have a question on myself, on letting go of myself. Um, letting go of yourself. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was working at, yeah, I, I know that I need to do my will, the living will. Okay. And my question is, I just I just froze. And I haven't finished it because I do not know what little check mark to put on okay. the options that okay. they have with um, yes. yes at the end. I so know I what know you mean. What, what you suggest and what is the Catholic way to do? Okay, every state is a little bit different, and so there will be general options. But at the at the Human Life International website, they have a, a an article on advanced medical directives. In many states, I think Pennsylvania, you know, has one as well. I'm not sure about Texas. Has a, a that they have a Catholic group through some of the dioceses or through the the conference of bishops there that will help you as Catholics, but. Um, you, but basically, you want to fill in any you know advanced medical directives they call them um, they used to call them DNRs do not resuscitate but now they have more choices than that and that's what's confusing you because you have more choices it's not just uh, resuscitate or not so of the basic three choices well first of all some people want a living will because they they want a name or they want at least a power of attorney for health care so there's three different things there's um, a, the DNR form or the advanced medical directive that's telling the medical people what to do. There's a power of attorney uh-huh. for health care saying you appoint this person to do it. And then sometimes a living will is a third piece. Okay, so the first thing you want to do is to make sure that you have appointed a person that you trust it, to be your health care agent in the event that you cannot make a decision. Either you're too, you know, drugged up or you were in surgery or you fell or you lost your mind or you had a stroke or, you know, if you cannot speak for yourself, make sure that you have the power of attorney for health care filled out that says, I trust this person to do what I want and to, to, to respect my life as God created it. You know, and then you will, they will also ask you on the form besides um, the healthcare agent, they might ask you about organ and tissue donation. And I know that's heavily controversial. But um, and everybody has to make their own choice. I choose not to because I, 
it's not a fear, but I've seen people kind of hurry up the death of someone when they, uh, if they're an organ donor and I want to die as, you know, it's naturally in the right time, give me all the time to repent that I need. Um, so, so the decisions you need to make are first assign a person. And then these couple, three choices that you're going to receive. One is, of uh, the, the three choices, one says, do you want to be resuscitated? So it's, it, and the, the phrasing says, and I know in the Illinois form, if you have no pulse and you are not breathing, do you want to be resuscitated? So it's not killing you at all. It's just saying, alrighty, your heart stopped. You have no pulse. You're not breathing. Your lungs have quit breathing. Do you want us to do artificial uh, cardio resuscitation to bring you back? So that's an important decision depending on your age and your health condition. So if you are a person like when my mom was dying, she was 92 years old, if we had said, yeah, she's not breathing and has no pulse, bring her back, just doing CPR would have broken her ribs. You know what I mean? Like she wasn't in any condition, nor did we want to artificially keep her coming back if her body was shutting down. But when my son... When my son died of a heart attack when he was 29, we, those medical people did everything they could to bring him back, but his his aneurysm had burst with a um, in his aorta, and you know he died instantly. And no matter how hard they tried to bring him back, he wasn't going to come back. And I had a, a, another child. My youngest was born prematurely. Uh, 26 weeks gestation, and he lived on life support for three and a half months. We had the feeding tube, we had the, um, you know, the oxygen, uh, IVs, you know, everything they, the, 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 to keep him alive because he was fighting for his life. So the decision number one on your the chart that you have to fill in, Coral, of the uh, the advanced directive is if you stop breathing and you have no pulse. Do you want to be resuscitated? And the answer was always yes when you're healthy and ready to live and your body's um, fighting for life as my premature baby or you're very young and supposedly healthy as my son who had his died of a heart attack. Those would always be yes, yes, resuscitate him as much as you can. But for my mom who is 92 and sick and doing CPR would probably break her ribs and not make her any healthier. So we checked no. If she has no pulse and she's not breathing, do not resuscitate her. So then the other, the second question on your form will be, what kind of care do you want then? Because if you resuscitate a person, you have to put them on the oxygen tube, you know, breathe for them, put them on a breathing machine, not just the oxygen cannula. You have to, to put them on the respirator if you resuscitate them to keep them alive uh, because you resuscitated them. So they'll re- that'll require the resuscitation. So the second choice you have is, okay, if they are still breathing and they have a pulse, if those two things are true, so number two is a different choice. If they are breathing and they have a pulse, but they're, they need help breathing, do you want just the oxygen cannula? You know, so some kind of help breathing, for example, and care. So that's just the that uh, clear tube that goes around and uh, puts oxygen in your nose. And there's nothing extraordinary about that. I mean, it is, it's not... Um, natural but it is a natural way of giving you extra oxygen so or you can be intubated do you want to the breathing tube in you and most people for that middle one decide to to say yeah give me oxygen 
um, because as long as I'm breathing on my own, give me a little help and send the oxygen in, but don't put me on artificial respiration. So that's the middle ground, say, that's kind of we're working with the signals of the body. And then the third one is, um, do you want just, you know, comfort care? And so comfort care would mean we do not want any extraordinary treatment. You know, we don't want feeding tubes. We don't want oxygen. We don't even want medicine or chemotherapy or kidney dialysis. We don't want to prolong this death because the person is you know on their way out and they they're in other ways their body is also sick so we just want to keep them comfortable and so at some point in time many people who are very seriously ill will choose that to just say I'm tired of going to dialysis I don't want my dad would say I I don't want any blood transfusions I don't want to be going to the hospital every 10 days just you know let it take its course and he had he lived with us his last nine months and he had a very slow a form of blood cancer and he would just sleep more and more sleep more and more and sleep more and more so it was a, a beautiful death but without any intervention he had oxygen if he wanted it we didn't he didn't even need morphine because he wasn't in pain and so he kind of had a natural death but we quit giving him the blood transfusions and the all the treatments that would you know keep him going we just let him go naturally so th- those are the three basic choices like the number one if you have no pulse and you're not breathing do you want to be resuscitated to what kind of treatment do you want what level of treatment do you want and then um, on the fourth one is you know do you just want uh, comfort care so does that help you fill out the paper so one you want a person you trust and two you want to uh, answer all those questions and now what what would be the best catholic way to say okay if it says uh, if she's terminally ill uh, what what would be the right thing to do at the end? I mean, I, I did. Okay, if you're at the end and you're terminally ill, uh-huh. then you then to die with dignity, that you still can have um, painkillers. You know that that mm-hmm. the, the church doesn't require that we suffer. You people do suffer and and want you know painkillers, or some people want to suffer and offer it up, and that's fine. But we have, uh, with a Catholic perspective, we can have that right to comfort uh-huh. care, and so to have painkillers, um, to have um, uh, you know just uh, things that you know that keep you know keep us clean our bed sores you know uh, pain medication we can be where we want to be um, but not things like you know feeding tubes you don't even need an antibiotic really except at one point with my dad we, he had got pneumonia and so we, we cured his pneumonia and uh, you know we did he did need an antibiotic for that but you don't need like dialysis or respirators or CPR you know so um, you can just take whatever medicines are not stimulated things for example if you're if you're chronically ill and you already were on heart medicine or, uh, you know, to stimulate your heart to keep it going, you can uh, think about, do you really want to keep your heart going artificially if the rest of your body's shutting down? You know what I mean? You know, so, so just those medicines and the doctor and the pharmacist can both help you know that what medicines are you taking that are keeping you from naturally dying and what medicines are helping you die in, with greater comfort 
you know, so yes, a painkiller, but you don't want to overdo the morphine, for example, so that, no. you know, some people get overzealous with those end-of-life medicines, and you don't want to take yeah. doses of medicine no. or any medicines that will exacerbate your death, you know, to make you die sooner, you know, so um, this physicians, I know they called it the pulsed form um, when I was there. They moved it from DNR to pulse, physician's orders for life-sustaining treatment. And the reason you want to fill it in now is because then the doctors have to follow your wishes. And even your, um, in, you, that your relatives, unless it's your power of attorney for health care, you know, they can't override your wishes and can't say, oh, let, let her go, you know, we're running out of Medicare or something like that. You know, we don't want anybody to use a, um, a wrong reason um, to, uh, to let someone go sooner than they're meant to. So food yeah. is basic treatment, water is basic treatment, um, and ba- basic medical treatments that um, if they were withdrawn it wouldn't kill us instantly for example that it would still we would still check to see if the body wanted to keep breathing for example even if someone in the hospital would take off like if they had to remove a person from the respirator you're not killing them you're just trying to see can they breathe on them on their own because sometimes a person can only stay on a respirator so long and then it begins to harm them and so if a person's not fighting for their life and the respirator is the only thing giving them air and the the doctor recommends remove the respirator and put on the oxygen cannula instead then you are deciding you're looking to see will they be able to breathe on their own or not and sometimes they'll pass within a couple hours sometimes they'll pass in a couple days sometimes you'll learn that it was oh the only thing keeping alive was the respirator (laughs) and so then the person will pass you know within a few minutes Um, but the but to to force respiration down their throat was the right thing to do for my premature baby, but not the right thing to do for my dad. Get it? Yes, yes, yes. yes, Okay. All right. So anything that says, you know, compassionate choices or the Hemlock Society or euthanasia, run from those things, you know, or Americans against human suffering, that kind of stuff. No, anything with euthanasia or right to die, mercy killing, stay away from that stuff. But comfort care is fine. Okay. All right. Thank we got a big education on that. Yeah. Yes, yes, I did. Thank Everybody, you. thank you for that call. All right. Bye-bye, Coral. Okay. Blessings. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Blessings to you, too, as you make your decisions and fill out your physician's order for life-sustaining treatments that used to be a DNR form, and now it's in many states called a pulse uh, form. All right. Time for our break. We'll be back. 877-573-7825 is the number for your questions. Here on Mast Appeal, this is Colleen Kelly Mast at Respect, the number four, the letter U.com if you want to contact me. And uh, we'll be right back after this message with more of your questions. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio weekdays on Ave Maria Radio. Do you know what your diocese, what your church, what your parish is doing to help families in need? Women who feel they're in a desperate situation and for whatever reason, God forbid, may consider abortion. This is not difficult. The information is out there. We have to become more aware. And we have to be willing to not only know about what's available, but to do something about the issues. It's not just up to, quote-unquote, the church. We're all part of the church. And we're all called to put our faith into action. Or else we will be guilty of having a dead faith, as St. James reminds us. So first things 
be aware and then be willing to do something. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamia weekday mornings from 8 to 10 on Ave Maria Radio and AveMariaRadio.net. It's time for Family Man with Dr. Gregory Popcha. Does your family make regular time to work, play, talk, and pray together every day? Research shows that when Catholic families create strong, consistent daily rituals for working, playing, talking, and praying together, they set the stage for teaching their kids Christian attitudes toward work, leisure, relationships, and faith. If it's true that values are more caught than taught, family rituals are what makes a Christian worldview truly contagious. That's why the right of family rituals is such an important part of the liturgy of domestic church life. It helps families come together as strong domestic churches and learn what it means to be intentional disciples at home and in the world. To discover more ways your family can celebrate the liturgy of domestic church life, check out the newest editions of Parenting with Grace and visit CatholicCounselors.com. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, but you can call me Family Man. To discover more ways faith can enrich your life, visit CatholicCounselors.com. To Mass Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. The number to get on today's show with your question or personal problem in the next 45 minutes is 877-573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK. And remember, when you're looking at post forms, Physician Orders for Life-Sustaining Treatments, um, also, look at heaven. Get Mother Angelica's book on heaven for someone for Christmas is a beautiful thing. So we always look at, at death with hope, hope in eternal life, hope in life with Jesus, that death is not the end. And so many of our beautiful readings at our Catholic funerals remind us of that so beautifully that that we look forward to seeing Jesus. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter you now into the kingdom prepared for you from all eternity. And we that we don't want to hang on to life longer than God wants us to hang on to life. He does give us a certain amount of time, and we've got some work to do here to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourselves. All right. Oh, we had a caller here. Gee, oh, sorry, Jane. Okay, I'll answer Jane's call. Um, Melissa's answering the next call, so I'll answer Jane, even though she just had to hang up. Jane from Idaho. Uh, listening on Salt and Light Radio. I haven't even read this question yet over the break. So her grandson got married in August and gave him a very, she gave him a very substantial wedding gift. And when she attended their non-Catholic wedding in August, and she has yet to receive a thank you note or at a minimum an acknowledgement, she's hurt and a little angry about this. She'd like your advice as to what to do about this. Okay, Jane, well... Why you're angry is this is an injustice. We should righteously get angry due to an injustice. And then we have to figure out, can we correct this injustice or and let the anger pass um, and forgive the person? Or is it an injustice we have to, you know, go and correct? Or is it something we, you know, allow and forgive? Okay, so if you gave it a substantial monetary gift at their non-Catholic wedding in August and they've not received a thank you note or an acknowledgement, that was absolutely rude on their part. 
And um, did they cash the check if you wrote a check, or did you give them cash? Because if you um, if you wrote a check, you could call them and say, I, um, you know, it's see if they or cash the check, or um, you might just call them and say, Did you receive my wedding gift? I di- I heard nothing from you, and I'm worried um, that you did not receive it. So do call them, find out from their your their parents or from them directly if you talk to them, and ask them, Did you receive the wedding gift? And if they say, yeah, we did, thanks, and say, oh, my goodness, I was getting so worried because I didn't get a thank you note from you. I didn't know if you received it. And it was a gift I gave to you out of love from the bottom of my heart, and I was worried that I didn't even know if you got it. And so you could ask them right then, because this is education for this next generation, to say, did you know it was appropriate to, to write thank you notes for all your gifts? Um, do you need some thank you cards for all your gifts? I mean, some people the brides have imprinted but it's worth to give them a little bit of an education then just say oh my goodness i was so worried you didn't send a thank you note did you receive it and so then tell them about thank you notes you say it's it's really i hope the other i hope you got the other people's out and if not um you know you should get some thank you notes and show us that you, first of all acknowledge that you received our gift and then that you appreciate it so then here's what you want to do, Jane, with your hurt and your anger, okay? Because that's, that's one of the things that could fester, that we don't want to fester in you because you're the one that called in. Okay, so you can give them some education, bring it to their, educa- to their attention. And then your hurt and anger. Oh, this is one of those that when we do what we can do to correct the injustice, being to call them and ask them for a thank you note or tell them you're concerned about acknowledgement of the gift and then you have to forgive them forgive them father forgive them because a lot of people in this generation are ignorant of thank you notes or they're thoughtless and or they're lazy and don't want to do thank you notes so some of them don't even know and some just don't care and some just don't want to and so by you first educating them and telling them the importance of a thank you note finding out if they sent it to you um, that that's part of you repairing the damage that they've done. And it should help your hurt to just very kindly tell them that. And then in order to carry not carry out your hurt or be resentment, resentful or mad about them not doing that, just do what you can do to correct it and then try to forgive them. Just say, Lord, forgive them and thank you for the opportunity to educate them on thank you notes. And uh, and then don't hold it against them. You don't have to give them any more gifts. <laughs> you know, you, you don't have to treat them, you know, any special way or give them a lot of money. Um, and you don't have to give them any more gifts because obviously they don't appreciate them. But it's important for you to forgive them or you're going to carry this with you every time you see them, the next time they have a baby, if they have a baby shower. It's important for your own healing to forgive them for this. But I believe it's important for them, for you to have them acknowledge the gift and send thank you notes. And it's a little education on thank you notes as well. So that's the action that I am suggesting to bring it to their attention. And then you forgive them so you, it doesn't hurt your heart about doing it. Thanks for the call, Jane. Sorry you couldn't stay on, but at least we got your question answered. Hope you were listening. Bye-bye. This is Colleen Kelly Mast on Mast Appeal the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. The number to get on today's show with your question or personal problem is 877-573-7825. 
877-5-PEP-TALK. And uh, we've talked about several things today. We were talking about a Christmas gift anyone can afford. And we talked about living wills. Uh, we've talked about the LifeWave phototherapy patches. And my husband's email, Kent, K-E-N-T, Mast, M-A-S-T, um, at yahoo.com. But I want to bring attention to the website to all of you for Human Life International about the living wills that we talked about at the top of the hour. And so you can go to hli.org slash resources. And then uh, you can look up Catholic Advanced Directives under there. Cause sometimes we don't even know what to call it when we're looking it up. But Catholic Advanced Directives under Human Life International, an organization that we can trust if we have to fill out a living will, a power of attorney for health care, or uh, the post form, the Physician's Orders for Life-Sustaining Treatments, because it's not just as simple as DNR anymore. They're, they're medicines that prolong life. Some needed, some not needed. Um, there are other things such as, you know, the, the choice between a respirator or an oxygen cannula. You know, and, and one is that, you know, one brings more comfort. That um, So look that up, hli.org uh, resources and other ca- under Catholic Advanced Directives. So I hope that helps you. And you give us a call. Your calls drive the show this last half hour. We hope to hear from you at 877 573 7825-877-5-PEP-TALK. We'll be back in just a moment. Today's programming on 990 WDEO is brought to you in part by a gift from our day sponsor, honoring the faithful life of Verna Hornacek on the third anniversary of her going home to the Lord. Verna, at 91 years of age, came into the Catholic Church on Pentecost 2020, and then the Lord took her home on December 2nd, 2020. Thank you, Grandma Verna, for showing us how to love and how to live a faithful, prayerful life in service of others. We are praying for you, and we know you're praying for us. When did Jesus reveal the existence of the Holy Spirit? Though the Lord alluded to the Spirit in speaking to Nicodemus and to the Samaritan woman, the Catholic Catechism tells us Jesus did not fully reveal the Holy Spirit until he himself had been glorified through his death and resurrection. Little by little, nevertheless, Jesus did also refer to the Holy Spirit even when teaching to the multitudes, as when he says his own flesh will be food for the life of the world. When the hour for his glorification arrives, Jesus actually promises the arrival of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Truth, the other paraclete, says the Catechism, will be given by the Father in answer to Jesus' prayer. He will be sent by the Father in Jesus' name. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. I'm Al Cresta thanking you for participating in our expansion winter drive. We fell a little short, and if you were unable to participate, just go to AveMariaRadio.net and take a look at some future opportunities we have to grow our outreach to the world. Many think the world is falling apart, but let's show the world the one who holds all things together. Thank you. Cause I am so glad you came.
to Mass Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. The number to get on today's show is 877-573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK, like Linda from Michigan just called. Welcome to the show, Linda. How can I help you today? Good morning, Colleen. Good morning. Um, What's your question or comment? Go ahead. I have a great uh, children's book idea for Christmas or any holiday. Mm -hmm. Um, You can say Christmas here. It's Catholic Radio. (laughs) Don't feel bad. We say Christmas. (laughs) Thank you. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a holiday, okay? (laughs) Go for it. I, I agree. And it's a special book to me. Because my 20-year-old granddaughter had the opportunity to illustrate this book. And it began when she was 17. So it finally was published um, a few months ago. And the author is just a very special lady who is very family-oriented. Her family is her priority, and that comes through in this book. This book um, depicts... Four generations, her mom, the author's name is Lane Avery, and um, it started out to be written for... Did you tell me the name of the book yet, Linda? It's called My Special Someone. Okay, My Special Someone by Lane Avery. Okay, tell us about it. It's available on Amazon for $12.99, and it's just um, written very clearly... It's for all children ages, but I think that it really um, would relate to more from like two to seven, two to eight. Mm-hmm. And it's really good for families that live a distance away, you know, don't mm. see each other all the time, mm-hmm. but how special they are to each other. Mm. So it takes in great grandma grandma, son, grandchild. Uh-huh. And um, at the end of the book, there's several pages with blank frames on it for the children to draw their own special someone. And then there also at the end, there is a page where they can write their names and why they're special to them. Mm. So it's a lot of interaction between the child and whoever, mom, dad, aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa, whoever is originally reading this book with them. Very special. Okay, great. And I can just see myself like reading this r- every week on the phone to one of my grandkids, send them the book, and then call them on the phone, the ones that are further away, and read it to them. So my Someone Special, get it on Amazon by Lane Avery. It's twelve ninety nine. What w- a wonderful way to connect people, because that's what we talked about last week, like what gifts really connect people with love. And it sounds like a, a book that helps someone feel that they're loved. So thank you so much for calling about that, Linda. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. And I'd like to add one more thing, Colleen. Okay. I went um, onto the website to double-check the phone number. And you are absolutely beautiful. I've oh, never seen you. your picture before. <laughs> thank you. So, thank you so much. My husband radiate, thinks, oh. You beauty inside and out. 
Thank we you. Thank you. And my husband says I look just like I did in college, so I always tell him I'm never going to make him an appointment for the eye doctor. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much for your kind words. I appreciate that. And for the suggestion of the book, My Special Someone by Lane Avery and uh, and Linda's, uh, one of her relatives did the illustrations. It's twelve ninety nine on Amazon, another great Christmas gift idea. And when we're thinking of Christmas gifts, like remember your priest, um, remember to put up your family manger during Advent. Um, another gift you can give is to call an old friend. Have you thought about that? Like call an old friend. What a gift that would be. Pick a friend or a family member with whom you haven't spoken for years and call them. And, you know, maybe a college roommate or somebody that was in your wedding you haven't talked to in a long time. And your call might bring cheer to them. I did that this week because I, I knew that I was going to be asking you guys to do that. And so I, I contacted just on the Internet. I looked up one of my cousins, and, uh, and, and we set up a, a video call for about an hour and just caught up on stuff that we laughed about, things from our childhood or perceptions we had of what was really going on at the family parties and what we learned as an adult was really going on at the family parties. And we just had so much fun just catching up with each other's families. And uh, so it was, that is a gift. It, it's a, just a real treasure. So think about that as a gift to someone. Is call an old friend or a relative, family member, cousin, people in your wedding, that would be a beautiful gift that doesn't cost you anything. Phone calls are pretty much part of the package these days. So try calling an old friend for a gift or maybe um, a meeting, you know, a one-on-one time. There's so many people that ha- whose love language is ti- quality time, time together. So think of an exclusive time for each member of your household and give them a certificate for that instead of buying them stuff. You know, maybe it's a a shopping trip or a a meal out or go out for a cup of tea or setting up Christmas decorations together or raking the leaves together. You know, something that you did together that was fun and and productive and kind of brings you close together. And it could be a favorite family tradition, like what gift am I going to get or give that is time together? You know, and, and look forward to that all year long. Um, another gift you can give as a family to God is write a family letter of thanks to God. Get together. Remember all the blessings he's given you this past year. Write it down and write a big thank you note to God for his birthday. You'll be surprised how much the Lord has blessed you. So a lot of ideas of, of gifts and activities that draw us close together. All right, and we have, oh, we've got some interesting information up here, too, on the board. <coughs> um, Claire from Washington, um, she didn't want to stay on. Oh, remember Claire, yeah, she wants to update us. Um, oh, boy, and remember her husband died, um, and, her, and his kids excluded her, and she didn't know even how he died. Um, because she and she wasn't going to communion because she was mad at him and we spoke a number of times about forgiveness or, or figuring out what she can do to resolve things but I hope you can um, forgive and go back to confession and get to communion Claire because we all need God's grace but here's a good idea Claire had wonderful she decided to have a weekday mass offered for him this week so good thinking Claire this is part of your healing and forgiveness to have a mass offered for him because God can bless him and the whole situation and may he console you through this as well all right you give us a call too with your question or personal problem I think we'll wait till after the break for Sherry (laughs) but I also have um a num oh a, a really good call here that came in but he didn't want to stay in the air either about these end of life decisions um there's a 
uh, Dr. Byrne, he's a steadfast pro-life advocate and supporter of American Life League, another trustworthy life organization. His knowledge and guidance helps shape ALL's policy, and he's, he's created a new website that will help you. Because earlier in the show, we had um, Rita call in, a physician, about helping people at the end of life. We had Coral call in um, about, you know, asking about the, the end of life. We had... Um, we talked about end-of-life decisions, and he has a website called LifeGuardianFoundation.org that has a lot of good information for you of end-of-life decisions. LifeGuardianFoundation.org. We'll talk about that later. Welcome to Mass to Peel, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. This is Colleen Kelly Mast. I'm a life coach, author, speaker, mom, wife, cousin, aunt, daughter, but both my parents have passed. And I'm here to help you every Saturday morning when you call this toll-free number or just listen the whole two hours and learn from other people's calls. The number is 877 877- 573-7825-877-5-PEP-TALK. And I want to thank all of you that uh, sent me email questions. I told you I was going to have a pre-recorded show next week, December 9th, and a lot of you sent wonderful questions. So we have a, um, a fresh new show, even though I'm going to be out of town, and uh, of your questions. So you'll still get free, friendly advice from a Catholic perspective next week from the email questions that you sent me. Then I'll be back again live the 16th and the 23rd. Before Christmas, getting us ready. Be ready, like the gospel says. Watch therefore you. Do not know when the Lord of the house is coming. Be watchful, alert. Don't let him catch you. Lukewarm. All right, let's go to uh, Sherry from Washington State. Welcome to the show, Sherry. You are on the air now. How can I help you? Yes, thank you very much. I really enjoy your show and um, really appreciate you so much with all your... Excellent um, advice and the beautiful Holy Spirit within you. Thank You're you. really appreciated so much. Oh, thank you. God I, is so uh, good. God is good even though circumstances look bad. Okay. Um, what are you going through now, Sherry? I have a cat that's 21. I lost my other cat three years ago because of malpractice for a long story it died in my lap he died in my lap oh boy and um it was really traumatic um and i never got over him he's the only i really bonded with him more than a human being i know it sounds a little bit crazy but he was the most loving oh cat Like your companion, do you, do you live alone, Sherry? Well, I did live alone then, but I um, he gave me love that no human being did. I'll put it like that. It's Even unconditional. My and, yeah, yeah, yeah. They and, don't put um, conditions. Cats don't judge you. They'll snuggle up to you. No. Um, you don't have to have said anything to solicit that. They will just naturally come give you some comfort. 
and some companionship in a, yeah. in a way that an animal can. I mean, they're not a human being that loves, but they're very devoted and comforting to you. So you lost a cat and you had a hard time getting over the death of your first cat and now your other cat is older. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. She's 21. Her name is Angel, but mm-hmm. she's having a lot of health problems and I can't get into a vet for like a month or three months. Oh, boy. And the deal is uh, I'm doing everything that I, I, I'm thinking because I love her so much, I don't want to hear her crying all the time. Hmm. Um, I'm thinking about putting her to sleep just because I don't want to go through the trauma of hearing her cry. Okay. Now, with animals, it's much different than what we talked about humans. And I just, what we're going to talk about in a minute, that website that uh, Dr. Byrne just sent us. I, I don't know if he called in himself or someone did, lifeguardianfoundation.org. So the, the rules for life for uh, for human beings are much different than animals uh, because we have an eternal soul. We need time to repent and, and connect to God. We know that we're going for eternal life. And we don't know about I mean, the soul of a, uh, a cat is a spirit in its own way and it brings you comfort, but it doesn't have an eternal life. A dog or a cat is not made in the image and likeness of God as a human being is. So it's not necessary for us to protect their dignity in the same way as we would a human being. So there is nothing immoral about putting a cat to sleep if she is whining and you don't want to hear. If your grandma's whining, you don't want to put her to sleep. That's a mortal sin. Okay, but your cat, um, it, it is an act of compassion because they are not destined. They don't have the same destiny that we do. And, and her job is probably done. If she's 21 years old, she's given you great comfort, and you don't want to hear her whine and cry, there is nothing wrong at all morally with having her put to sleep. Um, it might be wrong if you, like, tortured her, you know, something like that, but, but usually the doctor has a, a pill you can get from the veterinarian, or sometimes they do a shot, um, so they have a way of very peacefully euthanizing. So euthani- euthanasia is okay for animals, for pets, it is not okay for humans. So if that would give you some comfort to not hear her whining and screaming and suffer through the, the pain or the difficulty she's going through. 21 years old is old for a cat, isn't it, Sherry? I was really blessed. The yeah. Lord really blessed me with a little, her name's Angel. She was the most biggest blessing of my life. Yeah. It's interesting, though, she's eating well. This is weird. She's eating. Mm-hmm. She's got a good, strong body, mm-hmm. muscular-wise. Huh. She's that way, but there's other things going on. So I'm trying different things. You know what I mean? Like, um, I'm thinking, I'll do this and that. I got her a lot of different wonderful things, like salmon mm-hmm. oil on top of her food, mm-hmm. some 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 calming treats. You know, I don't and. Um, a really good furball medicine, you know, like I'm really... I, You're doing I, I the best you can. <laughs> everything, but it's making me sick internally because it's oh. bringing the triggers back. Oh, no. Oh, boy. You know, you, uh, there's nothing wrong with taking her, if it's affecting you especially, and you're the person she's that 
she's finished her job, you know, to help give you comfort and stuff like that. And now the most comfortable thing you could probably do to her is take her to the vet or take her to the pound and see if they want to nurse her back to health or if they want to put her to sleep. Um, because if it's just starting to disturb you, that's not what an animal is for. Like if, if it's one of our, our human, human uh, housemates or one of our family members that is disturbing us, we have a very different approach. But there's nothing wrong with go ahead and, uh, and putting her to sleep if her discomfort is disturbing you. So, so go ahead and call the, the necessary agencies, whether it's the – I know a lot of people do this at the vet. Some do it at the pound. And so you can work through your own grief and out of gratitude, thank God for the time and the comfort that you had with this cat and know that you're helping put her out of her uh, misery right now, as I said, which is morally fine for animals, morally wrong for humans. So go ahead and then and be ready to thank God for all the good that she's brought to your life and the, the joy and the comfort and, uh, and then get her out of her misery, as they would say. So thanks for the call, Sherry. God bless you. Time for our break. We'll be back with more of Mass Appeal right after this message. In a Facebook world, we can multiply virtual friends. And yet psychologists and sociologists tell us we have fewer and fewer actual friends. This is not good. We're made for friendship. Friendship with God, first of all. But secondarily, friendship with other human beings. Jesus calls his apostles friends. And when he faces his greatest suffering, he asks his inner circle of friends to come and pray with him in the Garden of Gethsemane. They come, but they fall asleep. Jesus isn't crushed when his friends fail to live up to his expectations. He doesn't withhold his love from them. He doesn't cast them away. Nor does he suffer their neglect silently. He confronts them. Couldn't you have prayed with me for an hour? Then he moves on to do the will of his Father in heaven. When friends let us down, as they will, we should follow the example of Jesus, lovingly confront them, but remember that they can never substitute for God, who stands ready as our ultimate friend. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays from 4 to 6 on Ave Maria Radio and the Ave Maria Radio app. The Catholic Church teaches that Jesus Christ is a literally and wholly present body and blood, soul and divinity under the appearances of bread and wine. Feeding 5,000 from a boy's five barley loaves and two fish, as recorded in John chapter 6, is quite a miracle. Yet the next day, Jesus downplays it in verse 27. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Likewise, God's provision of manna to the Israelites in the desert was also a great miracle. Yet Jesus similarly downplays it in verse 49. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, but they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. Jesus is clearly stating that his Eucharist is greater than both of these amazing miracles, and the Catholic Church absolutely takes him at his word. Examining the truths of the Catholic faith, this is faithforensics.org. Welcome to our last segment already, it's gone quickly, of Mast Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. This is Colleen Kelly Mast, here for you each week. I'm a life coach, author, a speaker, and many other roles in life. I came from a large Catholic family, so we've had a lot of those same problems you have as well. 
So let's wrap up some of these questions that we've had people that couldn't stay on the line here. We had a couple callers. I wanted to mention a little more about the uh, uh, listener Ruth is the one that called about the lifeguardianfoundation.org. And so this, I just clicked on this website. It looks absolutely wonderful. And they have the how to refuse an organ donation. So I don't, didn't feel so out of it on there. Um, so they have a protect and preserve life booklet at lifeguardianfoundation.org. And the booklet includes five brochures and directions to preserve and protect life. There's one about the facts about being an organ donor. Do your organs belong to the government? You know, like the, when you're getting your driver's license renewed, they want to know if you want to give your organs. And I always say no. But, um, and then people say, oh, what do you mean you're not giving your organ? I'm like, I have a lot of reasons. I don't have to argue with them. But making an informed decision, manipulation of beginning and end of human life, Catholic teaching on death and organ transplant, and then they have um, ideas, again, what we talked about earlier, the power of attorney for health care, a dependent person who's a minor or mentally incapacitated person, because sometimes our relatives will get dementia and not be able to make decisions for themselves. And so, and it says our refusal of organ donation must be documented. So they have so a lot of wonderful things on there, what brain death really is. So lifeguardianfoundation.org check that out um, it was put together by a pro-life advocate Dr. Byrne Dr. Paul Byrne and it's about uh, euthanasia and brain death yeah because I remember that when I worked at the hospital too that that, that if there was brain activity um, that the, the neurologist would be called in like nope they're still alive or Nope, there is no brain activity. And so those are important factors in making those end-of-life decisions as well. So um, lifeguardianfoundation.org gives you some information on making a Catholic decision for end-of-life decisions. We had another caller, anonymous, from somewhere in the Northwest and couldn't stay on the air and said years ago when she was growing up, Funeral masses were held a few days before or a few days after a person's death, and nowadays it's not done within a week, sometimes a month later or several months later. What's the result on a person's soul? Wow, good question. When their family waits due to the extenuating circumstances, oh, like out-of-town family, to bury them. Yeah, that's a really good question. Now that we aren't quickly trying to embalm the body and bury it, and some people get cremated anyway and take extra time, and you do have relatives out of town, they do wait longer. But what's the pers- effect on a person's soul? My goodness, that's a good question. Because the, we have to understand the reason why we have Catholic funerals is for our prayers. We send off this person. We talk to God and say, hey, you know, at baptism, we we brought them into this, you know, your spiritual realm, and now they're going back to that spiritual realm after their life. And so the prayers are important. Yeah, why wait? I like that question. And uh, what happens to the person's soul? Well, it's just hanging out, waiting for prayers. Probably hanging out in purgatory more days than it had to uh, in that waiting room um, to get into heaven. Not that every funeral directly gets anybody into heaven, but our prayers are important because they can no longer pray for themselves. So that's a good good point, and I think that would make me want to suggest that people don't wait really long, not a month or something, um, after our death, 
to have our funeral because we want people praying for our soul and giving us a wonderful send-off to our hopefully eternal happiness or praying for us that, that they will help pray for the the purging that we have to do until our souls are ready to see the glorious face of God. Okay, and wanted to finish that gift list that um, anyone can afford. We were halfway through. We'll get some more of it now. Um, another gift is doing the gift of a favor. If you want to give free gifts to people, you like put like give them coupons for helping with the dishes or a certificate that says I'll do the dishes every Friday night if they don't, or do your chores for you, um, type up a letter for them, or you know teach them something about their computer if your grandchild want to help your grandparents, or you'll clean out the basement for them, or shovel snow for them, or go to the store for them so think of the gift of the the 10 gifts anyone can afford number six is doing them a favor but giving them a certificate for it or doing it this week before or the next couple weeks before christmas would be good because sometimes those gifts of time and favors are more valuable when we're um, receiving it from that person and it's respond it's you know a response of love and uh, they'll be excited about getting together with us Okay, the next number, um, let's see, seven is, oh, for all you cranky people, the gift of a cheerful disposition. We'll stop here because we're getting near the end. But try to be cheerful. You can write that up and say, I'm going to try to be cheerful every day. And if you're one of those people who have a naturally cranky disposition and you would try to be cheerful to the people that you love around you, that means no complaining, no feeling sorry for yourself, no nasty comments, sarcasm, no screaming, no pessimistic predictions, don't always think the worst about everything, and you promise this for like 30 days, your gift of cheerfulness would probably be the most precious gift you could give them for Christmas. So that's a gift of yourself that is free to give. So if you're thinking about, ah, my wife doesn't need anything, or my husband doesn't need anything, or my kids don't, you know, we don't, what do we need that stuff? Well, here's ideas, gifts that anyone can afford, a gift of cheerful disposition, doing a favor, laughter, games. This is Colleen Kelly Mast on Mast Appeal, reminding you to be Christ to others. Bring his love into the world. We need it. Mast Appeal is produced by Ave Maria Radio and broadcast through the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Copies can be purchased or free downloads can be found at the Ave Maria website, AveMariaRadio.net. If you have a comment or question for Colleen, write to Colleen at AveMariaRadio.net or Mast Appeal at AveMariaRadio.net. And listen for Mass Appeal Saturday mornings from 9 to 11 Eastern Time for free friendly advice from a Catholic perspective.